0: She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Welcome back to season five of She Loves Herself, the podcast, guys. It's Friday and I have a gorgeous guest um, that I'm really excited to share with you, Um but before i do i want to just very quickly tell you about the empowered women authentic success the doors are open for enrollment right now this is my signature program where i take t- take six incredible women on a 10 week journey of their lives of self discovery of rediscovery of s- self-honour of self-truth of connection of authentic success it is called the empowered women authentic success this will be the third time of me running it um and i am so proud of this incredible program that i created back in 2021 and the lives that have been transformed from these women really coming together and honouring themselves on the deepest level. So doors are open. The links are dropped in the bottom of the show notes. If you do want to get in touch and take a space, this is probably the best way to work with me. You will be coached by me every single week. You will work through content on a weekly basis and we get together and we have a call And you are coached by me every single week. So it is an epic, epic transformational journey. So if you want to do it or you want to chat about it, please get in touch. Links are below. And also you can, you know, you can get in touch with me via Instagram or email me hello at jill-richie.com. So let's get into today's episode. I have the very, very, very incredible Coot Blackson. So Kurt Blackson was born in London, but he decided to follow his truth and follow his soul path and leave with two suitcases and headed to America to live his his truth and has never looked back. Kurt Blackson is a transformational speaker and a national best-selling author of You Are The One. His new book, The Magic of Surrender, is out on the 5th of May. And he has the most amazing, amazing gift for anyone that purchases this book, gets to go to his three-hour seminar for free. Now, I know, guys, when you listen to this, you're going to want to get the book anyway. But the three-hour seminar, I mean, hello, what a gift. What a gift to get, because Kut is not only uh, an international speaker – His network is phenomenal. I mean, he has appeared on the Larry King Now show. He has, oh my God, been interviewed by the most incredible people. He has also interviewed the most incredible people Les Brown, Jack Canfield, um, to name but a few. I mean, he's absolutely phenomenal. Byron Katie, Byron Katie, how can I forget Byron Katie? And this guy is phenomenal. He just lives and breathes truth and authenticity, which is everything that I, I hold and, you know, close to my heart. Um, So he's definitely speaking our language. If you like this podcast, you're going to like his, you're going to like him. His energy is amazing too. So um, we talk about the magic of surrender. We talk about embodying, you know, truth and trust and honouring yourself and you know it's not always the easiest path to take but it's it's true to you and not living your life through someone else's expectations of you so without any further ado guys enjoy this episode and if it resonates please let us know what you thought of it share it with people and leave us a five-star review have a gorgeous Friday and I'll see you back on Monday for another 10-minute Monday Love Punch to kickstart your week.
1: She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie.
0: Welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast, Coot Blackson.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's so good to have you on here. I have just been saying to Coot before we started recording, I've been listening to him in my ear all week. And I know that you guys are going to love his energy and, um, yeah, everything that he stands for and what he's going to talk about Um Well, we actually, we've not totally scripted what we're going to talk about. We like to have a a lovely open conversation, but I know for sure you guys are going to love what we're going to talk about today. So, Coot, welcome to the show. Um, And are you in LA then, Coot? Is that where you are? Yes,
1: right now I'm in Los Angeles.
0: You're in LA, but you're English,
1: you're British. I grew up in London. You grew up in London. so I Grew Grew up in South London.
0: In and, South uh, London, yeah. Used,
1: this, so there's
0: so much. A, used to be a a, a a Glasgow Rangers fan. Oh, did you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. I love this. No, this is okay, right? So I, I have a family we're split. My partner and the father to my children, he is Glasgow Celtic. My sister, my stepdad, and that side they're Glasgow Rangers, cute. <laughs> I, used
1: to, I used to love Celtic too, you know, uh, I, I used to enjoy them, but you know, Graham, Graham Souness, Kenny Graham Dalglish,
0: Souness. All, the all, great, all the great Listen, ones, you know, the, the legendary, the, the legendary Graham Souness legend. and Kenny Dalglish. Yeah, my partner is a massive Kenny Dalglish fan. I love so, Kenny Dalglish. Oh, for sure. And it's so nice to have you on here. And what I love, cute, before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, um, I want to just get a bit of The audience to get a bit of background on you Because when I was reading about you And listening to you this week I absolutely loved and I love to hear a story of someone Who packed two suitcases Mm. And headed off to almost, (laughs) you know Seek my fortune, follow my dream So I want to take you back to almost your your childhood, I guess And just talk to us about where it came from, because a lot of people will look and they hear success stories and they're like, oh yeah, you know, he's done so well. And, you know, he's been on these amazing TV shows with these incredible people, you know, Les Brown and and all these people. But actually, how did it start for you? Because again, when people love to hear a success story, but when they see someone who, you know, seems to be doing so, so well for themselves, they almost think, well, how am I going to do that? You know, how can I... How can I live that life? How can I surrender and just, you know, really go for my dreams and make them happen at, you know, at whatever age they're at, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, look, I came from nothing. And I always tell people, if if I can do it, you can do it. I mean, I didn't go to college, uh, grew up kind of poor, you know, uh, didn't have any special connections. Then I came to the U.S. knowing literally not one person, two suitcases and eight hundred dollars in my pocket. And so no skills. <laughs> so, so if I, if, if I can do it, anyone can do, but it. Had yeah. balls <laughs> I, I, I had courage. And, and, and for me, I've always followed my soul. And I tell people that what you're if you follow your soul truly without compromise, not what you think you should do or what other people tell you to do or what society tells you to do. But if you follow your soul, your soul has an intelligence, your soul has a knowing, your soul is the true real essence of what you are and it's encoded with truth. And if you follow your soul, you will always end up in the right place always end up in the right place you may it may not take you on the route that you expect but you will end up in the right place and that's what i've seen and so just to go back to my beginnings you know i was born in ghana west africa my father was from ghana is from ghana my mother was from from japan um i grew up in london and we had to escape ghana uh, when I was three years old, because of a political coup, where my, my father was the uh, very close to the president, who was my godfather. And basically they killed the president, they were looking for my father. My father was in London, he couldn't come back. My mother and I were literally smuggled out of Ghana. And we ended up in London as, I don't wanna say refugees, but political asylum, basically, and we couldn't go back for years. So that's kind of the beginnings of my life. But as a young boy, I always felt a deep calling. Uh, I was a very empathic kid, so I always felt people suffering very deeply. Yeah, I feel people's pain, and there was always a part of me that you know, empathized and wanted to alleviate people's suffering. I didn't know how, I didn't know what that would look like, but I'd feel people, and I just wanted to like help them in some way, and, and it just really tugged in my heart. But as a young boy too, age five, age six, age seven, I remember I, I must've been around age six or seven, I was a chubby kid and I was lost in the crowd when we were able to go back to Ghana, West Africa. Maybe so was around age seven. Um, And I'll never forget that I was lost in the crowd. There was a crippled woman crawling on the floor, hands mangled, legs mangled, couldn't walk. And thousands of people, she picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. So you could call it a miracle, you know, this man didn't realize. And so week after week, I grew up in this environment of miracles, blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, people standing up out of wheelchairs, the same man who Sanji she picked up, would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, stand up. Or he put his hands on someone who literally couldn't see and the sight was restored. And so, this man was my father. He built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa. He built a huge church in London, in South London, in Wandsworth, in Wandsworth, Peckham, Brixton, Built a huge church there. At, at its height, there were maybe four to 5,000 people. So I grew up in this kind of environment, you know? And, and so from a very young age too, I, I got a scholarship to a very prestigious school kind of like an Eton type school, Dulwich College, where there were a lot of uh, president's kids and, you know, politicians' children and wealthy kids. So I grew up in an environment where there were folks that had every reason to be happy, yet seemed to be miserable in many ways. And then, you know, my father's congregation weren't the most educated and didn't have very much, yet seemed to be so happy and generous mm-hmm. and fulfilled. And, and this dichotomy really made me question life. Like, what is the purpose of life? Why are we here? Where do we come from? Like, Where are we going? Is it just to wake up, make money, make babies, buy a house, go on vacation, and then die? Like these people have everything and they're freaking miserable. And so yeah. I started to, to to question. And that led me down a path of, of kind of reading books from a very young age, from my father's bookshelf, Spirituality, Self-Help, Eastern Mystics, Western Mystics, you know, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson. These became my sort of gurus from my heroes from a very young age. And and that's what really set me on a path. So when I was age eight, my father, all of a sudden, unannounced to me, threw me in front of his audience and said, my son's going to speak today. And that began my speaking career. And words came out of my mouth that I didn't really understand, but things flowed. Mm -hmm. And then I started speaking maybe every month, every six weeks. From there, when I was 14, Uh, I was ordained as a minister, and my father announced again, unbeknownst to me, that my son is going to take over my ministry. He is my successor. Everyone went crazy. But you know that feeling when your heart sinks and you know that something isn't aligned. You know that something isn't quite right. You know that something is not really the true mm-hmm. path for your own soul. And yeah. so my life was set out for me, right? My life yeah. was set out for me, planned for me, all these expectations. And honestly, I, I was too afraid to speak my truth. I was. My fear was if I told my father, how I really felt, I would lose his love, I would be outcast, I'd be abandoned, I'd be alone. And so for four years, I said nothing. I went along with it, you know, justifying and rationalizing and and also going through a lot of soul searching, inner turmoil, questioning, depression, confusion. And after four years, you know, in in the UK, uh, we do our A-levels and then it's university. And so for me, I'm like, shit, what do I do? don't want I chose not to go to university because I felt in my soul a calling and that calling was to come to the U.S. What your soul guides you to do will not always make sense and it will not always be convenient and so I'm feeling this calling to come to the U.S. and I'm like but I know no one in the U.S. and I wanted to go into this (laughs) field of writing books and personal development and it was so strong it was undeniable that I could not Lie to myself. I couldn't deny yeah. it anymore. Yet there was another path set out for me, and that was the expected path. And I looked into my future age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, age 60, you know, on and on. And I realized I could follow the expected path for my life and do what my father wants me to do and be successful. But if I don't have myself, my truth, my authenticity, my integrity, what do I, what kind of success is that? And it really felt like a soul suicide. And so mm-hmm. at 18, uh, there was a pivotal shift for me that began my life where I confronted my father. You know, sometimes people think that you have to eradicate fear and have no fear in order to live your dreams and follow your destiny. Mm-hmm. For me, I was terrified. And, for and sure. I think, and I think part of life is, you know, feeling the fear, acknowledging the fear and, and developing the courage to move through the fear and the resistances and the mind. And so I had this conversation with my father told him I'm not taking over. A kind of long story short, we didn't speak for two years, which wow. was brutal and heartbreaking and difficult and challenging. But deep in my heart, I knew what I had to do. Deep in yeah. my heart, I knew as difficult as it was that this was the right decision. And so, it, you know, a, a longer story short, uh, I ended up winning a green card. In the green card lottery, and uh, 50, yeah, fifty-five thousand people—at uh, least at that time—I don't know about now—around the world, fifty-five thousand people, you know, get selected for the, for the green card from around the world. So it's called the DV1 visa lottery, and I was in—I was in the the the, uh, the library for my school in Dallas College. Kind of, I had just spoken to my father. A kid with no money, no support, no family, no siblings my only, my mother support me as mothers do. Uh, and, and I felt this dream to come to the U S and I said, I said a prayer one that in the library. I'm like crying, feeling so alone, so abandoned by life. Like I feel like I said, God, universe, I feel this dream. I feel it's true, but there's no way to make it happen. And I mm-hmm. feel so alone. You know, there's moments when we feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And I said, if, all of these books and self-help books and spiritual, if, if this stuff works, if it's real, like I need a sign. If I'm not crazy, okay. I, I need some kind of like sign, some support, some grace. Literally within, I don't know, 30 minutes, someone hands me a magazine called The Economist. Uh. I'm looking at the back of the magazine. I'm like, this is weird. You know, we've got to follow the clues in life. And it says yeah. the, in the back of the magazine, it says the American government's giving away 55,000 green cards in the green card lottery. That's when I felt chills in my body. And, you know, I think it was like six months later, I ended up pulling a green card. And that's what really confirmed, confirmed things for me. And then I came to the US and that began my journey to suitcases, knew no one. And went and found mentors and teachers and you know, started exploring this field. And and after that went started traveling, traveled to India with mystics and saints, and went to Thailand, studied with monks, literally, went to Israel, sat with rabbis, went to Peru and, 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 and Indonesia, met with shamans and just really went on a quest to try to understand who, who am I and why am I here and what's the purpose of life. And it was really from my own um, internal transformation that I wanted to, that I went into coaching at the time, 18, 19, 20 years ago now, and started coaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Me, just but I could keep talking, but that's a bit of my... Oh,
0: okay. I feel like giving you a bloody round of applause. <laughs>
1: well,
0: like... Of applause. I mean, that is absolutely amazing. I went on that journey with you. I saw you as that 18-year-old, you know, and that 14-year-old, and your dad announced it, and then that feeling, and I was there with you. You're a great storyteller. We'll come on to that later about your, your book. But actually, I went on that journey with you there. And I think, whilst it's different, I think everyone can relate at a point where our lives get mapped out and we conform because we believe that, you know, we choose attachment over authenticity. You know, mm. we want to feel so attached. Yeah. Like we, we do. We abandon our needs to meet the needs of other people because we're so scared of being rejected, of upsetting people. Because what does that mean when someone's upset? And what you said and, and what I wanted to touch on was when your dad had announced that this was your life mapped out for you, but that was his dream, Right. And the reason yeah. it didn't feel that way for you, because thanks, Dad, but you know what, that wasn't your dream. That was that wasn't my.
1: That wasn't my soul. And I and I really also had to acknowledge and realise that you cannot be truly happy living someone else's life. No. You cannot be truly fulfilled and happy um, being someone that you're not. And I oh, think yeah. the place that I had to start, in that four years of soul searching and and what I would encourage anyone listening in as they relate it to their life, because we all face those moments in life, you know, um, I think one of the things that really blocks us or stops us from, from truly breaking through, from really being fulfilled and happy, from really transforming, from really going to that next level, Mm -hmm. are all the ways that we lie to ourselves as human beings, you know, we, if we're really honest, oh. BS ourselves, we lie oh, to ourselves shit. about who we are, right? Yeah. About what we feel, about what mm-hmm. we want. You know, We stay in relationships that deep down, we we know it's not right. Yeah. We, yeah. we know, we pretend, <laughs> well, maybe they can change, maybe it's me, maybe I should be grateful, you know, not everyone's gonna be perfect and we make all these rationalizations, but the truth is we know that's not right. We you stay in a job. We stay in a job that we know is not in alignment with our integrity where maybe you're betraying yourself in some way to do that thing. And it's not why you were born, but we stay in it out of safety, out of comfort. And so what I would really invite people to think about, this is what I have to do, what I share with my clients in certain ways, is if you want to know where to start, ask yourself these three questions. Number one, what lies am I telling myself? What lies... Am I telling myself? And if you're really committed to transforming, get brutally honest with yourself. To me, truth will set you free. Truth is real spiritual practice. Truth is telling yourself the truth is the real way to love yourself. When you lie to yourself, that's not loving yourself. But When you start telling yourself the truth, that is is a form of self-love to get real with yourself. Like, this is how I feel. Like, I'm not in love. Uh, this relationship isn't right. This relationship isn't healthy. This relationship is not, not honoring. And I don't feel good. This is not right. That's the truth. Or I hate my job. I hate my job. This is not a line. Start telling the truth. What I would invite people is sometimes we're afraid of telling the truth because we're afraid of the consequences and we're afraid of the need to take action. So take the pressure off of yourself of having to even take any action. Because sometimes we don't tell ourselves the truth because, oh, if I tell myself the truth, I'm going to have to end the relationship. But just acknowledge this is the truth of what I feel. So what lies am I telling myself? That's number one. Number two, what am I pretending to not know? Because sometimes we play a game of confusion. I'm not sure. I'm confused. I don't know what my purpose is. But really, as we said, we know. We know what our purpose is. We know what we need to do. But there's the fear of, oh, if I really acknowledge what my purpose truly is, I'm going to have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, but if I don't acknowledge what my purpose is, it's kind of a self-protective mechanism to be able to stay where I'm at and not have to take a risk. And, and we can always be safe in this comfort zone of having the, future fan, the hope of the future fantasy that we never live into. And so what am I pretending to not know? And the third question I would invite everyone to really sit with is, what is the cost? In other words, what is the cost, the pain? What is the cost of lying to myself? There is a cost of lying to myself that we often deny. We often don't acknowledge. We often distract ourselves from. When we lie to ourselves, it's painful. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be painful. It's meant to feel bad. It's meant to hurt and that pain. But here's the thing. What we tend to do is we tend to distract ourselves, smoke it away, sex it away, eat it away, drink it away, shop it away, work it away, social media it away, just so we don't feel the pain. I feel pain. Oh, let me do something to get rid of that. Numb it. Mm -hmm. To numb it. Exactly. And so what I want people to get is to change your relationship to pain. The pain, if you're feeling some pain, like, ah, I feel depressed. That pain is, is your friend. That pain is simply feedback. That pain is, 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 is feedback showing you where you're mm-hmm. not aligned? That pain, if we listen to it, can we can use that to, to realize, wow, I'm betraying something. I'm not being authentic about something and use that to course correct. So don't deny the pain. Look for the message of the pain to course correct. And I think if we can start by telling ourselves the truth on some level, fulfillment and happiness is simple. Feel the truth, acknowledge the truth, live the truth, tell the truth. See, it's, it's it's simple, not always easy, not always easy because of yes. our conditioning, but that's where we can start. And that's what I have to do is really tell myself the truth, which takes a lot of courage. And when we don't, we end up wasting so much of our life, so much time, you know, time that we cannot get. We stay in relationships for 10 years, 15 years that we know isn't right at that time full of regret cannot be gotten back we yeah. can't get that when we die and we meet our maker whatever you believe you can't go to god and say god uh, can, can i get a refund on those like five years in that yeah, you know, dead sometimes end job?
0: More, to, more than Ten five years, a lifetime
1: and yeah and so start with the truth start with the truth
0: oh Oh my goodness! So interesting. Everything you're saying, I'm like yes, 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 yes. And I talk about this a lot. And actually, it's so interesting because I did an episode in season—well, probably every season I say this—and it was headed "The Lies We Tell Ourselves." Oh, there, there we go. go. The lies we tell ourselves. And there's another one I did, and it was sex, love, and the lies we tell ourselves in relationships.
1: <laughs> so
0: I'm like, I'm with you, cute. I'm so there because. And I, I, I know because I've done it. Yeah. I know because I've done it. And I remember my coach, who's like an intuitive spiritual. I mean, she's incredible. And um and I said to her, you know, it's the lies we tell ourselves, isn't it? And she went, Yeah, especially you, Jill.
1: <laughs> mm. And
0: I was like, Oh yeah, I'm still doing that. And the thing is, we are so we, we do so much, right? And and you know, you when you're on this journey of like unpacking and and working through some stuff to really connect with the true essence of who you are. When you said it's an act of self-love, it is. And I say this a lot for everyone listening. When you see everyone on Instagram and this toxic positivity and, you know, on Instagram about it's all this and self-love is this and it's that. Actually, self-love can be really bloody hard and, and it can be ugly at times and it can feel like you're honestly Losing your marbles. It can feel like you're mm. losing parts of yourself. You can actually feel like and I, I laugh. My partner says to me, yes yeah, sign me up to that course, Jill. When I say, you know, I feel like I'm like in chrysalis and I'm like coming out and have our rebirth. And he's like, Yeah, sign me up for that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and he's laughing because he said, like, it gets easier, you know, the more you do it, but yeah. I know my people shy away from it, but it's because we have honestly taken on layers and, layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of programs, conditioning and bullshit that isn't ours. And when we really allow ourselves to fully connect to the truth of, of who we are, some people don't know. You know, I have clients and I'll ask them the question, like, what, what do you really want? You know, I don't. I Don't know is the answer. I get it quite a lot. I, I don't know because they've lived their lives based on the expectations yeah. of other people. And I see it everywhere. And even now, I see it even on you know platforms like social media, which is amazing. But I still see a lot, even in the personal development mm. world, too, mm. where there's this there's this whole thing, that, you know, actually. And it's really like an aesthetically looking amazing. And then people fall into that trap of, you know, oh, that's personal development. I will look like this person or that's how amazing I'm going to, I'm going to live in this place. And you know this is all wonderful. And look at them living their best life. And that is just like BS, right? Because a lot of the time, these people aren't fully living their truth either. They're living someone else's dream of, this is what you need to get to earn this money and to have all or, these.
1: Or they're or, not happy, you know. Or they're not happy. Or they're not and living in integrity that. and the reality
0: exactly.
1: of who they are. I always tell people, and this is a side note, but uh, 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 make sure that your, your, your social media or your Instagram is not better than who you are in reality and where yeah. you are in reality. Because a lot of times you meet people in reality and you're like, you're the, you're, you're the person, you know? And, yeah. and so yeah. anyway, yeah. For so sure. it's the truth. Here's the, here's the thing. If we don't de- like, people think, Oh, I can just push it and not deal with it. But if we don't deal, when you don't deal with the truth, when you don't deal with your feelings, when you don't deal, you think oh, I'm not going to deal with it. You will have to deal. You will deal. Yeah. It will deal yeah. with you because it will show up in the, relationships that you attract, which won't be fulfilling. It will show up in the dynamics and your job and your experience, and, it, and, and, and what you don't deal with will end up limiting you in some way.
0: Oh, you know, it will end up sure. limiting you in some way.
1: So we have to really, I think people also can start by really questioning, I think you, you framed it nicely, is really questioning who they are. You know, like, who am I? So, so just to maybe provide a framework of how we get conditioned, like we're born free. With these Mm. infinite beings, you know, unconditioned soul, essence, pure energy, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's kind of undeniable if you look into a child's eyes, at least a baby, like it's pure light, it's God, it's infinite, it's like source. It's pure love, right? They they don't know racism. They don't know who's good or bad. They would hug Mother Teresa. They would hug, you know, Pablo Escobar. Mm -hmm. It's just pure. It's just pure unconditioned. Non judgmental love. They are that. That's what we all are and were from the beginning. But so we're born these free beings in touch with pure light, whole, perfect, and complete. Then we're born into a certain framework of conditioning. We meet our parents, and our parents, you know, they're just doing the best that they can do based on their past, their life, their traumas, their conditioning, their, you know, our generational patterns. So we're born into this framework, and maybe there's abuse you know, alcoholism, mental illness, you know, divorce, fighting, you know, fill in the blank. Or maybe our parents just weren't emotionally capable of being present and meeting our needs. And so two things happen. And I think it's important that we just become aware of this because most of the time we're not aware of it. It happens unconsciously. The first thing that happens is we start to shut down, disconnect and not feel. We start finding ways to shut down, disconnect and not feel the pain of what's going on around us as a coping mechanism, which is a survival mechanism, and we start erecting all kinds of walls and defense mechanisms to not feel the pain of, that is crazy. Mom's not around. You know, parents are screaming all the time. It's too painful. Let me not feel disconnect, 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 mm-hmm. suppress. Then, then, then we start erecting walls and walls and layers and layers to not deal with the pain as a coping mechanism. It's survival. And then, before you know it, our light is buried. You know, under the unfelt emotion and the walls that we erect to just cope. That's the first thing, and it's unconscious. The second thing is we start learning. Uh, all sorts of strategies to a sense of who do i need to be in order to get love from mom and dad yeah, and for we sure. start contorting ourselves into a certain shape a certain way yeah. of being, ah, if I'm good, if I'm nice, if I say yes, if I get all a's, you know, if I'm this, if I'm that. And and for me, as a young boy growing up in the church, it was being the perfect kid. It was being the good boy. It was being the nice mm-hmm. boy. It was being the caretaker of everyone. And so we start developing, unconsciously, all sorts of roles, uh, masks, personas, I, a, a certain identity that we get, you know, contorted into and we think that that version of ourself, which is just the patterning of conditioning to avoid pain and get love in terms of survival, we start thinking that that version of ourself that we've become is who we are. And you hear people say, no, it's just Jill, this is just who I am. Yeah. And, and then we live our entire life like that. Based you know? on that. <laughs> Based false on narrative. false, false, false uh, conditioned version of ourselves, yeah. And so what I really would love people to consider is what if who you are is not who you really are? What if who you are is just who you've been conditioned to be? The degree to which we are conditioned is the degree to which we are not free. The degree to which we are conditioned is the degree to which we are not free to truly be ourselves and choose. So first we have to become aware that we are conditioned mm-hmm. because in that conditioning – we are wired to seek love outside. We are wired to Mm -hmm. portray parts of ourselves. And that's just how we've learned to do it. Oh, if I'm not honest, if I don't, true, if I'm not true, if I just, you know, deny this part of myself, then Jill's gonna love me, then daddy Mm -hmm. will love me. And so we don't realize what we're doing, it's survival mechanism. So if we can start becoming conscious of our behaviors, conscious of our conditioning, then we can see what's underneath that conditioning and we can see what those survival mechanisms are really seeking, which is self-loving, which is, as you talk about, self-loving and true healing. True healing is the application of love to those parts of ourselves that are hurting. And so when we're able to realize that, well, I'm sabotaging, I'm pushing people away, I'm acting this way, I'm doing this, and it's not bad, even though it might have a negative impact, it's not bad, I'm not bad. This part of me is just trying to protect me or get me love in some way, so. may, but maybe in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. But it's the best way I know how to based on my five-year-old self, based on my 10-year-old self. And I think when we can realize that, we can stop judging ourselves and saying, you "No," know, because many times when we see our patterns, we're like, ah, what's wrong with me? And I shouldn't be doing that because I read in this book that this is what I should be like and, yeah. and I shouldn't do that. And so then we start judging ourselves, mm-hmm. not realizing that judging ourselves reinforces the very behavior that we're judging. And so when we can realize, ah, where it's coming from, survival, survival, avoid pain, self-protection, get love, get validation, what these parts are seeking, even though the behaviors that we do might be negative, then it can change our relationship with these parts so that we can begin to bring some, shall we say, compassion. compassion. Mm -hmm. And so remember, healing is applying loving. To those parts of yourself. And the more loving we can apply to those parts of ourselves. And it's the parts of ourselves that are hurting and hurting the most that need the most loving Me and too. need the most compassion. And that's how we heal. You cannot, you know, there's, there's this thing in personal growth now where you gotta crush it, you gotta push it, you gotta like, you know, suck it up and run 400 miles I and know. just you, don't be a, don't be don't be a bitch, just run, just do I it, know. don't complain. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is something to be said for not being a victim, but we don't realise you, you cannot, you know, in the name of improving yourself, you cannot, uh-huh. you cannot heal yourself by abusing yourself. Absolutely. You, you, you cannot abuse yourself into being a better version of yourself.
0: No, uh, it's, and, again, and so it's false, it's
1: false, it's false. It's, for, and it's, it's, not, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Okay, you, you might produce a behaviour modification for a moment, but it's we'll not have. a sustainable way true. of true, authentic loving.
0: The only way for sustainable change is to embody and honour, like self-honour, your truth.
1: Yeah.
0: That's the only way to have sustainable. Ch- and everyone wants inner peace, right? Yeah. But they think yeah. it's outside of themselves. Yes. You know, everyone wants. When you say, like, what do you? Um, initially, they'll say, "I want more money. I want this one." But actually, when you go down to it, it's like, "I want inner peace." Who doesn't want that? That sense of, "Oh my, mm. I deeply love myself." Oh my god, I love myself. I so love myself. But actually, to do that, you have to honor all parts of yourself the the parts of you that you've abandoned you know, the parts of you that you have shame around. And actually a lot of the time, the shame isn't even your shame. It's yeah. someone's belief that's put on you and, you know, you've gone against that or whatever whatever that looks like. Often it's not even your shame. Shame is, you know, something else that's been put on you and, and you haven't met that need for someone. And they put their shame, their shame on you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Well, don't put your shame on me. <laughs> but that's not always easy for people, right? And I know for sure when I started this journey, um, I was in corporate for 21 years and I, I was speaking to a client about this today and I said to her, she was talking about her situation and I, I said to her, I get it. You no, know, for 21 years, I, I completely abandoned who I was. And I remember looking in the mirror, I had my, my two little boys and I, I remember looking at myself thinking, I don't even know who I am because mm. I had so many masks and I didn't, think I was a false you know what you would consider a false person or you know two-faced but I guess there was a way I was living this false reality not intentionally I just didn't know another way but I knew for sure that it didn't feel right it made me sick my hair was falling out and you were talking about it shows up in your body that whisper becomes a roar and not only does it impact your relationships it can really impact your health gut problems you know and you know, lots of different issues. I mean Matt, is that, that's, and that,
1: and that's how you know. Like like if anyone's wondering, well, if I'm lying to myself, how do I know, I know. that I'm lying yeah. to myself? And some people say, no, everything's fine. I'm not lying to myself. But but if it manifests in yeah. emotional pain, like you feel depressed, you feel tired, you feel unhappy, you feel resentful, like well, that's probably a sign you're lying to yourself about something. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, mm-hmm. what you're saying, some physical Elm, back ache, shoulder ache, hair falling out, gut problem. like that's a sign that mm, something's going on that you're not paying attention to. That's manifesting your body, ongoing disease, right? Like uh, cancer or something that yeah. that it manifests in your body because your body is trying to tell you something that you're not listening to. It might also manifest in that life doesn't flow. It doesn't sure. flow. There's not a there's not a harmony because you're suppressing energy within yourself, and that energy that that suppression manifest in your life as, as a blockage. And mm-hmm. the other way it might manifest too, is let's say you might say like, ah, I keep attracting angry people, depressed people. And so, you know, what you're denying in yourself m- ends up manifesting in your reality, yep. in the people you attract. And so these are some ways that you can BS yourself, but you can't BS reality. You can't BS your matter, right? Life yes. A and matter. so we have to want the truth Mm. More than we want what we want. We have to want the truth. And sometimes what we think we want is only what we think we want. And so Mm. you set a goal, you know, this is what I want, only to realize "Mm, this is not satisfying, only to realize, oh, this is not what I really wanted. And so sometimes what we think we want is just what we think we want based on who we think we are. But if we're not Mm. really in touch with who we really are, like what's true, What's real? Like, who would I be if I didn't need to be who I thought I needed to be? What would I feel? What would I say? What would I say if I didn't need to just say what I thought I needed to say? You know, um, here's another question. Like, 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 for men, this is an interesting question, or maybe for women. Like, how would I live if my mother, if my father was dead? How would I live if my parents were dead? Not that we want. Yeah. Dead. Oh no! But, I but, 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 yeah, Yeah. But sometimes we're so like, oh, I can't do that because you know, dad would be mad or mom would be disappointed. I'll be abandoning like, my like, family what, and things. What would I like? Would I really be living this if my parents were dead and weren't here? Well, I know I would do something else. That's your deeper truth too. Yeah, that's to get to for what's sure. really, really, really real. And at the end that's of the day, definitely true. yeah, we we have to look, you have to be able to look yourself in the eyes. Mm, look yourself in the eyes like what people think about you is your reputation but what you feel about yourself in the middle of the night when no one is around if you can't look yourself in the eyes that's your character that's your integrity and without that you have nothing without that you don't have power and if you don't have that it will actually affect your ability to manifest because if you're betraying yourself over here, you don't respect yourself internally. There will be an internal disrespect. Now you say, oh, I'm going to go manifest a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to uh-huh. manifest, you know, blah, blah, blah. Internally you're disrespecting yourself and you don't have the alignment to be like, yeah, let's do that. I believe I could do that. Internally your subconscious is going to be like, yeah, right. You know? Makes and so sense. we're not aligned. We're not aligned. And so there's a power when you, come into integrity that's the power you know and and, and, and in so many ways mm. we end up living our lives I did it for some years we end up living our lives for other people and what other people think and mm. we end up sacrificing our lives which is
0: I which is know. a shame
1: but here's what I'll say too because we're often afraid of well, what do people think about us and you know what does so-and-so think about what a society what do people on social media think about us and and ultimately life is not a popularity contest. Life is not a popularity contest. And what we have to start realizing as we mature is that what people think about you, number one, is not really your business. Number two, what people think about you reflects more about them than it does about you. Because when people see you, often they're not really seeing you. They're not really seeing who you are. They're looking at you through the lens of their own conditioning, projecting onto you their perceptions. And so mm-hmm. if you're spending your life trying to fit into someone else's perception or please someone else, then you're trying to please someone who doesn't even see you anyway. Now it, it's, it's it's a disaster. It and so is. I think the greatest gift is, and one of the greatest courage, courageous things is to be who you are, the greatest gift we can give the world is to be authentically ourselves and share that gift with the world. And I think that is part of the process of life. That's really – that takes a lot of courage and a lot of surrender.
0: Oh, I love that. And it gives others so – got others' permission to go there too, right? Yes. It's that ripple effect. And I love that because when you are authentic and when you are true to you, and I mean really true to you, and, and again, I guess working on non-attachment really allows you to go into that space, realising, you know, connection, tick. Attachment, not so much, right? Because yes. when we're attached, the minute, the minute someone says something that we, that isn't in a light, like my thoughts, or they pull away, we're like, ugh, uh-huh. you know. And so connection is beautiful, but attachment, not so much. And I love that when when we work on that, so when you work on non-attachment and understand that you can have beautiful, connected relationships to everyone, and I mean, even your children and family, we need to let go of attachment to even them because often as parents, we think our children belong to us. We're like, oh, they're mine. They're mine. And this is the issue, right? This is what's happened to, you know, our generation and generations before us. We think we belong to our parents, so we're so busy trying to please them that and we need to stop this. We need to, We need to break that, you know, cut that cord and start to create a new narrative around connection versus attachment. And then everyone gets to really have that permission to go inward, to connect to their truth. And when you connect to your truth, you cannot, as Kut says... You can't get it wrong. It's impossible to fail. It's impossible to get it wrong when you connect to your truth. And it does get easier. The truth will set you free, never a truer statement. The truth will always set you free. And that way to go in and surrender to it, which just leads me on to what you know you're working on something absolutely incredible and I want to just touch on your book and the magic of surrender because people say this to me a lot Jill you know talk about surrender like what do you mean so I would love (laughs) you to cheer like surrender people are just like what do I just go right okay I'm ready now I'm ready to do this I'm like Surrender can be painful, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, well, actually, I want to reframe it because we often say, oh, surrender's painful, surrender's hard, surrender's so difficult, I can't do it, it's so scary. I just want to just, before I even say kind of what surrender is, mm-hmm. I want people to, re, to, to, to reimagine uh, a paradigm of surrender because mm. we keep telling ourselves it's like it's difficult it's hard oh my god and then we run away from it like going to the dentist yeah. right but i would actually say surrender what if surrender was actually the most natural and easiest thing yeah let's just hold that mm-hmm. it's the most natural and and i'm actually going to propose that it is how so we talked about conditioning for those that are listening i'm holding a pen in my fist in my hand very tightly we're talking about conditioning. So here we are. We get conditioned into this shape, this version of me, this version of life. It's We hold so tightly. We get so used to holding on to life and, and ourselves and controlling everything this way. And we get so used to it that this pain starts feeling natural. The tightness starts feeling natural. So then we think, ah, oh, letting go is so hard. But if you really think about surrendering, how hard is it to? Let go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, letting go is the, actually the easiest thing. It's actually hard to hold on to yeah. controlling everything about ourselves yeah. and about our life. And control- but that's just what we have become used to because we're locked into our sense of identity, which is People all about pleasing control. All, yeah. the, the ego's job is to reinforce his existence. And one of the ways we reinforce our sense of self is we try to control everything because that gives oh, us a absolutely. sense of I exist. And so, what I just want to frame is control is easy, control is natural. Control is natural. It's hardwired into your physiology. It's yeah. hardwired into your body. So if everyone takes a breath in, you have to breathe out. You have the
0: to exhale. Surrender if you
1: the, ex, yeah. the exhale yeah. is the, like the, the universe is, the remi- is reminding us that surrender is the nature of existence. Surrender is the nature of reality. Surrender is the nature of things. It's just natural. You can't, but we live like, this is how we live. Breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. in. And no wonder, like, we're we're unhealthy. No wonder we're going crazy. No wonder we're so overwhelmed and anxious because... We don't allow the natural outflow and that's surrender. So it's hard. So every moment the universe is reminding us of the nature of life, which is surrender. So surrender. There's this myth that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender means, you know, being left behind. It means you're going to be a doormat. It means not taking action. It means sitting there doing nothing, that if you surrender, you won't manifest your goals, your yeah. dreams, your desires, that, you, that you're going to get less. I'm actually saying that surrender is the most powerful thing that you can do. Surrender is the password to freedom. Surrender was the key to the great ones. Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali, Bob Marley, David Bowie, Elon Musk, uh, uh, Martin Luther King, you know, Mother Teresa, they all surrendered themselves at some moment to life, to their Mm. soul, to a vision that was more than themselves. And then they were able to go beyond their own limited ego, their own limited personality, and tap into this field of sort of infinite possibilities of life. And that's when life used them. Life manifested Mm. through them. Life created through them at a whole nother level beyond what they could expect. So what if you surrender and you didn't get less, but you got more? More than you could imagine with your own personal sense of self, right? More yep. because the mind is limited. Whatever we can imagine with the mind is limited. It's limited. And in so yep. many ways, we're limiting life and not knowing. And so, surrender is to take the limits off of life by letting go of control, at least the, 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 illusion of control because we think we're in control. but maybe we're not as in control as we thought. Maybe the Mm. last couple of years have shown us, Mm. you're not as in control as you thought. And so I think we've all been in a global seminar of surrender as a humanity, Mm. really having to let go, living in uncertainty in these times. And so surrender is letting go of control, the perception of control. Surrender is when you stop trying to force life to fit into your limited idea force life to be something that is not force and manipulate life to fit into some small concept or pattern you know and and I tell people forcing something to be something doesn't make it so forcing a relationship to be doesn't mean it so and so in so many ways we live life forcing things to be something and we're not happy because we're always having to hold it together. And so mm-hmm. surrender is giving up this force, this manipulation. It's letting go of the idea of who we think we should be and how we think life should be so that we can open to the life, the the intelligence that is seeking to express through mm-hmm. us. And so there's a question. And I think yeah. when we really do that, then we're open. Then life can manifest through us. And what life mm-hmm. can manifest through us, is beyond what we oh, yes. can manifest on our own small, you know, what we can write on a, on a journal. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. don't get clear, but here's the thing. We're conditioned in personal development to, to, to ask the question, what do, what do you want? What do I want? What do you want? What do you want? Get, get clarity. Get clarity. Yeah. But the thing is, many times, as we said, you get what you thought you wanted only to realize yeah. that ain't it. Because the mind is limited. It's only able to conceive a small, and there's many things that we thought we wanted, like a relationship, only to realize, shit, that wasn't really real. That wasn't what I wanted, you know? And so the mind is limited. So when you create from the ego or the mind, you can manifest, but it will often be a limited manifestation. When you ask yourself, not what do I want, in surrender, the question becomes, what is it that life, is seeking to manifest through? me. What is it that life is seeking to express through me? What is the deepest impulse of my soul of life that is seeking to express through me? And be willing to feel that, be willing to listen to that, be willing to uh, uh, attune to that. And then you can align your thoughts, your visualizations, your thinking, your actions, right? Uh, Your strategy, Align that with the deepest, most authentic impulse of your soul. Then, from that alignment, you go into action. So it doesn't mean passive, sit there, do nothing. Once you catch the, the vision and the true alignment of what's real, the truth, then you move into action. Then you then surrender means you give 100%. You go for it fully. You, 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 know, you throw everything at the wind. You, you just go full on 100% without attachment. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, then you don't get attached to the goal because sometimes we get so attached to the goal. Like, this has to be my soulmate. This has to be this way. This has to work out that way. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the goals that we envision, it's not about the goal. The goal is just a necessary carrot, or or, (coughs) or carrot, or, or puzzle piece to cause you to go on a journey. And it's more about the journey and who you become on the journey than the goal itself. But we get so attached to the goal being the goal that we're not Mm -hmm. actually open to what life is seeking to do. And it turns out to be so much more. Like, look at Mandela. Should he have not spent 26, 27 years in prison? Should he Mm -hmm. have not? Like, Like, obviously I don't wish that on anyone, but what if he hadn't? What if he forced some things and what if he had it? What if he resisted certain things? We wouldn't have the Mandela that we have today. Mm-hmm. And maybe it took 26, 27 years for him to develop the mental, the emotional, the spiritual capacity to become the Mandela that we know and for the consciousness of the world to yes. align with him so that when he came out, he, the consciousness was behind him, the world was ready, but he yes. also now developed such a depth of soul force for sure. That, that he was ripe to fulfill his destiny. And so surrender is openness. Surrender is a living in alignment. Surrender is letting go of control and allowing ourselves to be lived by life. You know, that's yes. that's really what I'm inviting people to do.
0: Oh wow. So much yes to everything you've said there. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness, I could. <laughs> I'm like, that was just incredible. And I I relate and I I see it and I I the, the goal thing and I know everyone listens, like, oh well, yeah, this goal, this goal. And and when you get it, you're like, oh wow, oh, that's not really it. That's not really a thing. The biggest experience I had in 2021 was a full moment of surrender. And it felt like I, I didn't even know what was going on. I just kind of went really off off the chart and I went through this process and out in meditation all I could feel was this energy of two hands holding on to something so tightly and it was almost like this ego death right and it's so interesting when I sort of came out it was up like three months and I remember um the things that I thought was in alignment with Miku had just no place I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I don't want that now. Yeah, I yeah, don't feel yeah. like that anymore.
1: That's a surrender.
0: That's it. Know? That's it, right? It's like, whoa, wow. And honestly, I just feel like so many things that I thought were the things there you go. are not the things. And,
1: and we hold on to those things. Oh, right? because you're the like, yeah, but I need hold- it.
0: Because it's we my identity. Hold on to
1: those, it's, yeah, we hold on to those things because the ego needs to reinforce its identity, which its yep. its sense of existing. The challenge is the next level of our lives will require the next level of us. And the next level of you will require that you release what's no longer in alignment. The challenge is we hold we tend to hold on to you know all those things. Out of a sense of familiarity and identity and safety and self-preservation, not realizing that holding on keeps us stuck. It keeps us stuck. It keeps us blocked. So I would invite everyone to sit with, what is it that's no longer in alignment? What is it that you need to release and let go of? Because it's when you let go of what's no longer a vibrational match, and when you let go of those relationships, when you let go of those addictions, when you let go of fill in the blank then you make the space in yep. this space, then you're truly available for life. Sometimes we say, God, please bring me, you know, my soulmate. Meanwhile, you're in this toxic relationship, you know, like oh, let go of this <laughs> yeah. person when my soulmate shows up, it doesn't work that way. No, that's, no, why, sure. that's why the book is called The Magic of Surrender. If here's the equation, if you want the magic, you've got to surrender. It's not the other way around. If you want the magic, You've got to surrender. And we want the magic, but we don't want to surrender. we want the magic, and then we're going to surrender. You've got to yeah. surrender first. And Trust. then that's when the magic Trust. shows up. Yes.
0: Yeah. Surrender. surrender. So, my goodness, I cannot wait. I need to get this book. Right. So paperback, <laughs> tell us when, tell yeah. us everything. That, everything. I want to know everything that you've got going on. So book,
1: okay.
0: whatever, everything, so that people in, can... In, an, in a
1: nutshell, Um The paperback version, a new paperback version comes out May the 3rd, go to Amazon, get the magic of surrender. That's number one. We dive into all these concepts in in a very digestible format. I'm doing something special. For everyone that gets the book, you get to attend this very special one-time-only seminar with me on May the 7th. I've never done it before. It's called Reinvent Life. Three hours, immersive, we're going to deep dive, going to help you reinvent yourself, connect to your truth, you know, release your past, and catapult you forward into sharing your gifts with the world. It's going to be a really powerful (laughs) three-hour deep dive live seminar, virtual, so you can do it from Scotland, you can do it from, you know, wherever you are. And uh, so basically, get the book on Amazon before May the 3rd, so get it now. And then... The the website to to find out more info is www.kuteblackson.com. My name, K-U-T-E, Blackson, B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N.com, forward slash reinvent seminar, kuteblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar. Go there. All the details are there. Uh, Once you get the receipt from Amazon for the paperback, just enter the receipt number and you'll be registered and spread the word. Yeah, my website, kuteblackson.com, Instagram facebook i'll put all that,
0: of your links everything yeah. you've just said i'll put it all in the show notes oh my goodness and i'll share them um, we're you. going to get this episode out really soon so the guys have plenty of time to do that thank you very much i will definitely be there yes that is so exciting oh wow what a gift Kurt. that's amazing Thanks. amazing Thanks to me. give that back to people and because already in the book they're going to get so much but to give them that three-hour workshop so so amazing and so generous and guys you want to know more about the magic of surrender which I know you will you need to attend this workshop and get this book right yeah it be great
1: good
0: it has been an absolute pleasure you have raised my vibration you know (laughs) we're in total different time zones here but I'm like feeling buzzing good my empowered women workshop tonight I'm like yes let's do this sisters (laughs) So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.